John, you look at this team with a microscope and you see all kinds of problems, all kinds of mistakes, all kinds of flaws. You look at this team with a wide angle lens and they're three and one. And I don't know how they're going to avoid winning 12 games this year. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it's really been an interesting thing to try and absorb and analyze exactly what this team is because they have not looked good now for three weeks in a row. Three and a um, half, really? Yeah, three and a half. And and here they are at three and one. And so, you know, I think th it's funny because the coaching staff, O'Connell and, and everyone who has come in, seems very much of a process over results oriented coaching staff. I mean, in the end, you, 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 you win, that's all that matters. But, um, but I do think that there has to be some relative concern about just some of the lack of execution defensively, uh, the inconsistency on offense and inability to cash in on, um, on opportunities. Uh, but if they get to nine, 10, or if they get to 10, 11, 12 wins, um, by the virtue of the weakness of their schedule and then just finding just enough to uh, to pull these games out in the end, I I, I think everyone will be happy. But uh, I really don't know what I'm watching right now. I, I, I just see a team that is vulnerable and, and right there to be beaten, but to its credit has just found a way to survive in, uh, in these last couple of games. Yeah, as I wrote in the Sun in the Monday Star Tribune, yesterday <clears throat> they barely beat a last place fantasy team from night from 2014. Yeah. Andy Dalton, Jarvis Landry, Mark Ingram, uh, Latavius Murray, receivers we don't know the names of. Uh, they're not playing well, and you know what? I just don't see how they're not going to be five and one. They're going to you know at least four and one. The Bears are terrible. They, they should yeah. be the Bears at home. They should be four and one. Then we'll see. Dolphins are interesting. They're hard to play against, but two might still be out. They might be playing Teddy Bridgewater at an advanced stage. I mean, th there just aren't that many losses on this schedule uh, just because of the nature of the schedule. At Lambeau, yes. Uh, Bills, you would think. But there are not many tough games left on this schedule. Yeah, it, yeah. it's just the way that it is shaped up this year. Um, it is right there for them. And, you know, we I think uh, for, for listeners of the Timberwolves podcast, we are looking ahead to next season. It, it starts in October and they have a very soft start to their schedule with the teams that they play in the first 12 games, a ton of home games against teams that are rebuilding or going to be outright tanking. And that team, the Timberwolves have a lot of new faces. And so that's kind of like a nice little on-ramp to the season to let them work through kinks and figure things out and um, probably win a bunch of games and maybe that they wouldn't win if they were playing uh, better competition and build some momentum going forward. Same thing with the Vikings. I mean, they have new coaching staffs, new systems. They have some new faces, more, more on defense than on offense, but they do have some new faces around. And so I guess, you know, if we want to give them the benefit of the doubt right now, it's that they are trying to get everything comfortable in these new schemes and systems. And I think Kevin O'Connell is learning how to be a head coach along the way too. He's made a couple of decisions that, um, you know, especially game management where it really makes you scratch your head. But if they learn from these mistakes or these, uh, you know, questionable decisions in wins and still pile up wins, maybe toward mid season as they all get 
a little bit more comfortable in what they're doing, then they can find their stride and be sharper, be crisper and, 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 and just start winning games because they're playing better and not necessarily because they're playing bad opponents. This is the Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. John also is the host and namesake of the John Krasinski Show. We did a live show at Head Flyer Brewing on Friday night. It was bananas. Uh, it was a crazy big crowd, crazy fun crowd. We also had special guest Dane Moore with us. Uh, thanks to Brandon for handling all the logistics of putting on a show in front of such a big crowd. Thanks to Head Flyer for, for hosting us. That was a blast, so check out that show. Uh, for this show, we want to thank our sponsors, Starbank the Minnesota State Lottery Viking Scratch-Off Game, and the Grain Belt Camo Pack. Thanks again to Headflyer for hosting the John Show. That was a blast. I uh, hope we get out and see more of you here soon. So, yeah, O'Connor, here's, here's where I think Viking fans are allowed to be a little disappointed. Because let's be honest, even though they never came out and said, we're smarter than the previous guys, we're the smartest guys in the room, the implication from the Wilfs, from the front office, from the coaches was, hey, Check us out. We're, we're mm-hmm. young. We're innovative. We're smart. We're not going to make old school, stupid decisions. We're going to be, we are going to try to be the smartest guys in the room. And then you see botched clock management. You see a draft that hasn't been very productive. Uh, it just, no matter how smart you are, when it comes to football or any other job, there is a process by which you have to work through. That was a bad sentence. I apologize. Uh, to become good at your craft. And they aren't there yet. Yeah, it's still like uh, for from the coaching and leadership standpoint and in the front office with Quasi Adolfo Mensa and then with Kevin O'Connell leading the coaches. And I know that O'Connell has Mike Patton and it has um, uh, Ed Donatel, who's been around for a while. He has some a lot of 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 experience around him and underneath him. There's no substitute and no one can tell you what it's like to coach be a head coach on game day and what it's like to try to make split second decisions down the stretch. And I do think that O'Connell is an analytical mind and will look at these things and self scout and learn from them, but he's going through some learning curve right now. Quasi, I think if you talk to people who were around him in the draft and, uh, and, and everything, it's like that, that was a learning experience. This was not, riding shotgun in a front office with someone else over the top of you making the decisions. And, and so it, whether it's growing pains or whether um, there are longer term issues, we can't really tell just yet. It's going to take a little bit of time for this to coalesce, but these are two young guys who are learning on the job. And some days you can look at it and you can say, yeah, the, I see the vision. I see what they're doing. And I see, um, kind of the the pathway forward for them to be really successful in this. And then there are other days that, you know, you kind of look at it and you go, ooh, um, that was a big mistake. And and so as much as the players are trying to acclimate to a new system, new way of life, new uh new approach, all of those things, I think these two uh the two main guys are acclimating to the increased responsibility, the decisions that have to be made in real time and very quickly. And there's been some good ones and there's been some bad ones so far. Again, they're three and one. So you like, you, you like to have those mistakes and still be coming out with victories. But uh, it, I, I think it does illustrate that there is just a lot of room for improvement. And if you're a Vikings fan, you're optimistic about that, that, Hey, we have, this has not been smooth. We haven't been, um, 
going uh, guns blazing so far. And yet here we are. These are games that we have seen the Vikings lose time and time again over the last 15 years or so and just be, you know, have disappointing toe stubs. They've managed to survive them so far. Will they keep surviving them? Not if they keep, not if they don't tighten things up. They do have to tighten things up or it's going to eventually come back to bite them. But, um, but they have some time here and they have a little cushion in the schedule to learn from these mistakes and try to implement some changes to, to smooth things out. Back to the macro, uh, they had a great first half to start the season at Green Bay. It carried them to a victory. Since that first half, they've been outscored 80-69, to 69, even though one of the games is against a Lions team that hasn't stopped anybody, and the other game was against a Saints team playing all of its backups on offense. Uh, but here's Andrew Siciliano tweeted something today. He said that yesterday, uh, full slate of games in the fourth quarter, and this he said every game played before last night so every game but one played on Sunday was within one score in the fourth quarter at some point. And I think what you're seeing in a league where um, I don't think I think there's one undefeated team and zero te- winless teams in the league right now. Everybody is in that realm where they can have some optimism. Almost so many of the games are close. So many of the games come down to one kick or one play. I, I think we want to go macro here. Even though we think the Vikings should beat the Saints by 10, even though we think the Vikings should beat the Lions by 10, it's really, it just doesn't happen that often in modern football. These games and this league is engineered to make things close. Right. It, and it, it's been incredible marketing by the league and, and to, to do it this way because the dirty little secret of the NFL is there are not many very good teams. Every team is really flawed, almost. You know, even like the Packers have found their their rhythm a little bit. They're winning a couple of games, but they're not not playing well. Yep. Yep. And and so all of these teams are sort of bunched together in the name of parity, and that that means that you don't necessarily have, you know, the Cowboys of the '90s, the Niners of the '80s, the the Steelers of the '70s, these dynasty like juggernaut franchises and teams. That, that get going and just really dominate. But on the same, on the flip side of it, you have teams like Jacksonville who now feel like they're in it. Um, you know, the Vikings are right there and in position. And so you're kind of like in the micro watching these games and saying, gosh, man, the Vikings defense isn't doing this. Kirk Cousins isn't doing that. Dalvin Cook is a little slower to, uh, you know, Jeff- Jefferson, all these things are happening. Greg Joseph is missing a field goal or whatever. And he's like, gosh, this team is flawed. There's no way they're that good and they have a chance. But if you cast it across the entire league, no one is very good. And and so that means it is wide open and the chance is there if things break right, if you get a double doink, if you get a uh, a weak pass interference call that goes in your favor. Like that's what wins games right now. And the Vikings have been on the good side of that for a couple of weeks in a row here. And now they, they just got to try and manufacture more of their own luck in a way they've put themselves in position to benefit from that good luck. But I do think that if you talk to coaches and players and they're honest with you, I think they, they would say that they've dodged a couple of bullets here as well the last couple of weeks and sooner or later, those bullets are going to hit unless they start to kind of really figure things out a little bit more and, and be a little cleaner in, in everything that they're doing. 
one thing that went well for them on Sunday, special teams. That was kind of a tour de force performance by the special teams. Let's get to that and Lewis Seen and some other issues here. Uh, first, we do want to thank Star Bank. Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient service. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. And thanks also to the Minnesota State Lottery Vikings scratch-off game. It's the time of year to go big, to grab your passion by the horns, to let your purple flag fly. The Minnesota Lottery's Vikings big ticket scratch game is here to help you do just that. With $10.2 million in total cash prizes, you'd think that's as big as it gets. But the ticket is so large, it has huge second-chance prizes, too. So say I'm in. Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to go big. I can see the grain belt sign, the iconic grain belt sign from my apartment window. Grain belt camel pack. Check it out. A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. So the NFL is such a guilty pleasure because periodically you see horrific injuries. Uh, The Tua injury and the way it was handled was an embarrassment for the league, and it was rather disgusting. Uh, On Sunday, Lewis Seen, a young player trying to make his way, ends up with just a a horrific leg injury. We're not going to dwell on it a lot. I just uh, feel, feel bad for the young man terrible for him you know like we we have been kind of waiting and watching and hoping that you could see him step into the to the the secondary and and start to make a an impact I mean there's a reason he was a first round pick he is very physically talented I will say to Jim like in my limited kind of interactions with him seems like a smart kid um you know a likable dude and and um and so you know, he wasn't bursting onto the scene as a first round pick. And so we were sort of watching to see how that developed. But then you see him get a chance on Sunday and man, um, you know, just a completely gruesome, awful injury. And thankfully they didn't really show it on the broadcast, but yep. you can see it online if you, if you are a glutton for punishment that way, but you could see the reaction from players on both sides, from the medical staff that ran out to see him right away and then putting him in that air cast and heading out like that was a really, really bad injury. And so, you know, just thoughts and prayers are with him and he, you know, it, it was obviously bad enough that he had to stay in London and have the surgery there and start the rehab process there. That shows how serious it is and how difficult uh, of a path that he has forward. So, just hoping that you know, because he's young and he has time, he can kind of get back out there and and and, and get healed up. But that was that was a just a, a blood curdling uh, situation for for a young guy with the whole world in front of him. Yeah, horrible. Um, this division is pretty interesting. The Packers 
are kind of do what the Vikings are doing, frankly. They're winning despite being at their best. Uh, it does seem like they're developing some receivers, including Dobbs. And, you know, Tynion had a nice catch yesterday. They have a running game. They seem to be getting relatively healthier. Uh, it wasn't very pretty against, a, frankly, a bad Patriots team yesterday. But they you can see them moving in the right direction. I think the Lions are still just not very good. They're going to give up a million points. And the Bears are terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, from that, from all those aspects, I mean, the division is right there for them, uh, for the Vikings. And they already have a win over the Packers to start, which is really not a nice little leg up. And and so um, I've kind of been waiting to see and maybe this will still happen as the season plays out. But I've been waiting to see if Aaron Rodgers will find a way to elevate this Packers team to the the level that he's used to having because we do see them really struggle early on in the regular season that's not new and you say oh boy um man uh, you look at what they're what what they're doing how are they gonna this is the downfall this is the last year of the Packers that sort of thing and they always find a way um they have started to win but it's very unconvincing and so that does tell me that it it, it is shaping up again more like a two-horse race Detroit for I like I like the talent that they have, the increased talent. I like some of their fight, but you're right. They just keep finding ways to shoot themselves in the foot or, yeah, that defense is still a long ways away from from being relevant and and, and being good enough to, to win and, and be a factor in the division. So we're back again to Vikings and Packers um, and going down the stretch. And, and so um, we'll see if either one can find their stride, but – uh, yeah, you, you're right. The Bears, awful. I mean, Justin Fields, ugh. Um, you know, that the the play calling. What I think I saw a stat, Jim, where the Bears are like the first team since 1982 to have fewer than 70 pass attempts in the first four games or something like that. Um, and and so there's there's really not a lot to be worried about with them at all when they're coming in on Sunday that should that should be a game uh that ha- does have a little bit more of a cushion for the Vikings if they are learning from their mistakes and and being able to kind of tighten things up as they go forward here we need to take this opportunity to praise the Vikings special teams uh, Joseph missed extra point but five for five otherwise I think uh key field goals long field goals a fake punt that worked beautifully uh good good young punter uh good coverage I mean that was pretty good yeah, and, and in in these games that are going to be really tight and and they're you know coming right down to the wire, those are the things that can win you um, win you games. And I I'll, I thought that the fake punt was really creatively designed. I you know you see a lot of fake punts over the years. I don't remember seeing one where you you know Jalen Naylor runs a real receiver route and mm-hmm. and gets himself open, and Ryan Wright made a nice throw to get him there. If it was, if he got a little more air under it, they might have had an even bigger play. But that was good to see. Greg Joseph is is really reliable now. I I've, I kind of hesitate to say that, just given the the history of Vikings kickers. But you usually feel like if he's anywhere inside of fifty five, uh, you feel really good about it. And and so um, when on a team and in a game like Sunday where the Vikings offense was having trouble cashing in on the myriad opportunities the Saints were giving them with turnovers and 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 things like that and not being able to score touchdowns at least 
They got uh, field goals out of it. Um, if Greg Joseph misses one of those five field goals, um, we're tied going into overtime. So, um, so I thought, yeah, overall, uh, the, the special teams has been a strength all season. I mean, the, I, I don't think that they've had a game yet where you feel like not good enough. Um, and, and, and so it, it's either, you know, it's either been the offense or the defense that you've come out of some of these games thinking that they left money on the table, but, uh, so far special teams have been super solid for them. Uh, no doubt. And, uh, and Matt Daniels is a fun guy to talk to too. It's kind of a nice yeah. bonus. It's not, not his job to be entertaining for us, but he is. And it's uh, kind of fun to see his, his unit, uh, perform the way it has. Uh, so let's, let's just veer back to the slightly negative for one more thing. Uh, yes. you know, I broke down all the numbers today and Jefferson by dint of, uh, of two big games is still on pace for a kind of a typical Justin Jefferson season, although he's not going to be Cooper cup the way things are going. Um, every other skill position player is below average right now in terms mm-hmm. of production rate of production cousins has thrown four interceptions that would give him 16, 16 plus for the season. He's never thrown more than 13 before. Uh, that stuff's got to get better. This team is, yep. this team has an advantage in skill position talent almost over almost every other team in the league, that advantage has to show up on the field eventually, especially when you hire an offensive coach. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, this is supposed to be the strength. And I think that when you go into this season, you want to see the defense take huge steps forward from last year, obviously. I mean, there was a terrible unit. You want them to get get, get back into kind of the right around middle of the pack at least. But the goal or the pathway forward for this team winning a lot of games and being a team that has to be considered in the playoffs is by virtue of their offense. You have an offensive coach coming in, the guru coming in to scheme things up and and get things going. You have Cousins, Cook, and Thielen, and Jefferson who have been together now for a while and have some good chemistry and also a lot of talent. Then you add in KJ Osborne, you add in Irv Smith, you add in some of these other weapons that they have. And that, that is, this is supposed to be an offensive, uh, just kind of a team that, that just outscores teams and, and really makes big plays, keeps the chains moving, uh, dictates the tempo, all of those things. And so far Jefferson has had two great games. Um, and even last game uh, on Sunday, Jim, like he had a couple of drops. Yeah. He was good, but he had a couple of drops that he should have caught that would have made it maybe 12 catches for 165 yards or 70 yards and a touchdown. Like, um, so it could have been even better and bigger for him, but, uh, Thielen's been solid. Uh, cook has been eh, okay. Uh, cousins has just been okay. And they need more from all of those guys, Irv Smith didn't drop a pass. I don't think on Sunday for the first time, which yep. was nice, but three catches for 23 yards. That's not anything to write home about. So they need, uh, they start to, they need to, to, to have a, a bunch of these guys start to really play a lot better and, and to be dynamic. This offense has not been very dynamic outside of when cousins is hooking up with Jefferson or he's hitting KJ Osborne for one one or two plays at the end of the Lions game. They've been largely mediocre, and that will have to change over the long haul, or else they're going to get into trouble one of these games. Yeah, of course, with this schedule, they might 
go 12 and five, <laughs> and then, then finally have to play a good team. And it could be uh, a typical Vikings playoff experience. All right, let's do our uh, not to be taken seriously pick. Once again, thank you to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks to Starbank, Minnesota State Lottery, Greenbelt Camel Pack. And thank you for listening. Thanks for coming out to the live shows. We do appreciate it. Best way to listen to this show or any show on the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Uh, if you like basketball, check out Cheryl Reeves' show. If you like uh, football, check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with the former Vikings general manager. Or just go to TalkNorth.com. Check out all the outdoor content, all the sports content, the variety content. Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast. Uh, we do appreciate it. So let's do our, our dopey pick. I'll go first and let you wrap up the show. Uh, I think the Bears are just good enough defensively to and just good enough in the running game to make it kind of a, a sloppy, uh, a game that should be played in the mud, even though it won't be played in the mud. And the Vikings are just good enough offensively to outscore the Bears. I go uh, Vikings 23, Bears 13. Yeah, I think uh, one thing I'll be interested in and in is like how do the Vikings reacclimate? That's a lot of travel. Yep. Um I, I I do not like not having a bye week after the London game. Um yep. I I think that that puts a lot of kind of physical wear and tear on this team. Um and so that's where I would think it has the potential to be even sloppier than the Vikings have been so far. Uh, where j- they just have a hard time getting going. They're a little sluggish and the bears always just make things difficult for them. It's never, no matter how bad they are, they always, especially at soldier field, but, but even uh, at us bank, they just find a way to, to make things ugly. And so I'll say, I'll say Vikings 24, I think bears. Yeah. I'll say 24, 13. Cause I, I don't see how the bears score that much. Um, even against the Vikings defense that I really don't trust all that much. I mean, Andy Dalton had way too much success. Uh, Latavius Murray had way too much success on Sunday for me to feel good about this defense at all. I'll, I'll let me give the bears a few more points. 24, 17 Vikings on Sunday going to four and one um, uh, with, with the dolphins right around the corner. It will be interesting. If nothing else, it will continue to be interesting. Uh, thanks to John. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week to tell you how it went and we'll, to set up the Miami Dolphins game.